This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is Moving Day. Moving Day. Walnut Crescent will look after them. That's what Mrs. McPherson said when she heard about the new people. I thought it was kind of funny, like as if the street could look after people. I think she meant that the people who already live on Walnut Crescent would be nice to Kathy and Jim when they moved in. But it turned out better than that. It all started with the for sale sign. I saw it one day on the little house. That's where Rick and Susan live. I call it the little house because it's it's small and it doesn't have an upstairs. Most houses in Walnut Crescent have an upstairs. But it was the first for sale sign on our street in my whole life, and I'm six. My dad says that Walnut Crescent is a really nice street, so people don't want to move away. That's why there aren't many for sale signs here. But I guess Rick and Susan want to move away. Okay, so I'm sure Rick wants to move away. He's from outside anyway, and got a new job in Edmonton. I'm not so sure about Susan. She grew up in Whitehorse. I know her mom doesn't want her to move away. Her mom's a friend of my mom, and they do yoga together. And they drink tea sometimes and talk. So we know the whole story. So just after Rick and Susan put up a for sale sign on the little house, Kathy and Jim came up from Vancouver to stay at our Walnut Crescent bed and breakfast. Kathy was going to start working in an office downtown, and Jim had a new job driving big machines for a building company here in Whitehorse. They needed a place to live in Whitehorse. They just got married and were living with Kathy's aunt in Vancouver. We were thinking of trying to buy a house, said Kathy. My aunt loaned us some money to get started. But it would have to be a very small house. Prices are so high. She sounded worried. So, of course, we told her about the little house that was for sale on our street and what a nice place Walnut Crescent was. Kathy and Jim went to visit Rick and Susan at the little house. They went to visit a lot of other houses for sale, too. But in the end... They decided to buy the little house. Even though it's a little house, it's still really expensive, said Kathy. Maybe we can rent out a room to a student. She still sounded worried. My dad said that Kathy and Rick had to borrow a lot of money from the bank to buy the house. It was their first house ever. Soon it was almost moving day. Susan's mom came to drink tea with my mom on Monday. Susan has taken a whole week off to pack, said Susan's mom but Rick has to work right up to Friday afternoon. Then they have to be in Edmonton on Monday morning. That's when Rick's new job starts. It's going to be tight, but at least they managed to get a U-Haul truck. Susan's mom came back for more tea on Tuesday. I don't believe it, she said. Susan has no boxes to pack things in. She just had some Rubbermaid tubs, but they were already full of things she had stored. So I wondered how much I should butt in. I mean, Susan is 29, She should be able to figure things out by herself. In the end, I went and bought some boxes at the self-storage place and gave them to her. Hope that's enough. On Wednesday, Susan's mum was back. She was not happy, and she took a long time to finish her tea. When she was sorting through things, Susan discovered some DVDs. I think it was all of Grey's Anatomy. So when I arrived this morning, she was sitting in the middle of a pile of stuff watching TV, not packing. She hadn't even touched the boxes I gave her yesterday. I didn't tell her what to do, but I certainly made a lot of really clear suggestions. She has never really been very good at following my suggestions. 
On Thursday, Susan's mother was upset. She didn't even finish her tea. Really, said Susan's mother. Susan finished Grey's Anatomy, but started watching Downton Abbey. She still didn't have much packed. I'm afraid I shouted at her, but, but I mean there's only so much I can do. She's a grown woman after all. Susan's mom held her head in her hands. <laughs> I'm a failure as a mother. Where did I go wrong? And then she rushed back to Susan's house to get things packed. I don't know what happened on Friday, because Susan's mother didn't come for tea. But Kathy and Jim arrived that afternoon in their little pickup truck. They had driven all the way from Vancouver, and were going to stay at our B&B for one night. That's it, said Kathy, pointing at the truck. We didn't bring much. Well, we didn't actually have much to bring. The only furniture is a rocking chair that my aunt gave me. She said it's good for rocking babies. She said my mom used to rock me in it when I was a baby. I guess we'll get furniture a bit at a time once we get some money. Don't you have a bed, I asked. Where are you going to sleep? Kathy looked a bit embarrassed. We have a big air mattress, she said, and some sleeping bags. It'll be like camping. That'll do for a while. At at least we'll sleep well at your place tonight. We get the house tomorrow at 1 p.m., said Jim. He sounded excited. Finally, our own house, said Kathy. Our own little house. Then she and Jim hugged. Then they kissed. And then they didn't want to talk to me anymore. So I went to talk to the ravens on the McPherson's lawn. Saturday was moving day. Good thing it's not raining, my dad said at breakfast. So I put Quark on his leash and we went to watch. I thought maybe Rick and Susan would need our help. When we arrived at the little house, I decided that we should stay out of everybody's way instead. The borrowed truck and Susan's car were in the driveway with all their doors open. There were boxes on the grass next to a big pile of garbage bags, which I think were full of clothes or towels. Some of them were ripped. The front door of the house was open and there was a sofa jammed in it. Jim and a friend were trying to get it unjammed. Susan was trying to talk to Jim as he was pushing and pulling on the sofa. Susan's mother stood by the truck with her hands on her hips. She looked like she didn't know what to do. Things didn't get any better. By the time my dad came to get me for lunch, Jim had shouted at Susan. Susan had screamed at her mom. Her mom had cried. And then some of them hugged. Then they got mad at each other again. And they said they didn't need my dad's help when he offered. I think the truck is too small, my dad whispered to me as we walked home. I hurried back right after lunch. They were done. Susan and her mother were hugging and crying again. Rick was already sitting in the truck. He blew the horn. Come on, he shouted. We gotta be out of the house by one and in Fort Nelson tonight. Susan and her mother hugged once more. Then Susan got into her car, still crying. Slowly she drove out of the driveway and down Walnut Crescent. Rick followed her, driving the truck. We all waved, but they didn't wave back. I don't think Susan saw us because the car was full of garbage bags and stuff right up to the top, covering all the windows. And Rick didn't seem like he was in a good waving mood anyway. Then they were gone. Susan's mother was still standing in the driveway. She brushed the tears off her face and looked at her watch. I'm supposed to meet the new owners here at 1 p.m. to give them the keys, she said. That's them, I said, pointing to Kathy and Jim, who were walking slowly down from our house, holding hands. Here you go, said Susan's mother, handing them the keys after I introduced them. Sorry it's such a mess. I guess all this stuff is yours now. She waved her hand at the front yard. There were still open boxes and full garbage bags scattered around. There were parts of a bed in the middle of the lawn. 
The mattress was leaning up against the tree next to the lawnmower. I went into the house with Kathy and Jim, and Susan's mother followed behind. The sofa was crooked in the middle of the living room. Watch out, I warned them. It sticks in the door. There were also three chairs, a wooden shelf with glass doors. It was empty. And a blue recycling box. It was full. In the kitchen, there were coffee cups and dishes all over the counter, and one drawer full of knives and forks and spoons. There was another drawer with egg flipper things and big knives. One cupboard had some pans for making cookies, and the closet under the stairs was completely full of things like the vacuum cleaner, brooms, mops, some tools, a heater, and cans of paint. (sighs) All yours, I guess, said Susan's mother. Kathy and Jim stood there and didn't know what to do. Luckily, Mrs. McPherson showed up right then. She always knows when to show up, and she always knows what to do. Then my mom and dad arrived, and the Glatz, and later Lily. And Susan's mom stayed to help. By supper time, we had cleaned the floors and sorted things out. We put the bed back together in the bedroom. Mr. Glatt went to get a little table that Kathy and Jim could use for eating. Mrs. McPherson came back with sheets for the bed. So Susan's mother insisted on buying pizza for everyone, and we sat on Kathy and Jim's new back deck eating it. I'm not sure where the lawn chairs and beer came from. I don't drink beer. But I think it was a loaves and fish miracle, like in the Bible, where the things that people need just appear. It wasn't just people helping people. Kathy and Jim needed a bed and furniture and kitchen stuff. Mrs. McPherson was right. All that crescent did look after them. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.